on the hunt for an apartment for over a year and a half. I got my voucher last year and, um, you know, trying to find housing with the city fed voucher has been unsuccessful. Um, you know, I, I call a list of over a hundred brokers a day. The biggest issue that I've been facing is that the voucher amount is under the market rate in New York city. Uh, landlords, brokers, they, the rent is higher than the voucher. The, the voucher it's no one is accepting that rate. It's not enough for a single individual. Um, and although, you know, there are other rental programs, I am suitable for the city for voucher. I make that amount. I am employed. I am a city worker as well. And I am having trouble finding housing due to the voucher amount. I would highly suggest the the city for voucher amount be increased. Um, there are data showing how how much the amount can um, if bringing the voucher amount higher, how it can. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to pull up on the screen right now, but there is data showing the available amount and highlights to increase the voucher. Secondly, as everyone is aware, it's COVID. Everyone is trying to find housing. This is a state of an emergency. You know, to have this issue with the housing voucher, you know, during this time, it should be the number one concern for all of our elected officials. I, I am literally begging for people to increase the city set voucher. Increase this bill. Intro on 146. That is the main focus of this meeting right now is to literally increase the voucher. Um, there are a lot of issues that do come with, you know, like the voucher, like people are being discriminated. There is a lot of racial injustice issues. Black and brown people are literally suffering due to this voucher. I just want to mention that here, the, there, there are so many people, there's over 80,000 people in the shelters and the vouchers are, are not working. Literally no one is accepting this. So, um, and my last, um, and to keep it brief as well too, my last point that I do want to stand out is, um, I am in a, like a single woman shelter and we are currently placed in a hotel shelter. The next step from the hotel should be permanent housing with individual who do, who, who have a voucher. We shouldn't be placed back into concrete shelters with the voucher. The next step should be getting us out. And when I say us, I don't mean me and the people who are here, us as the 80,000 homeless people in New York City out of the shelters and increasing the city fed voucher. I just want to say thank you for your time. Good afternoon. My name is Julia Hawthorne, and I am currently a homeless sheltered family in a New York City um, hotel shelter. And I'm also currently a city felt voucher holder, and I am currently looking for housing. I, it is myself and my two teenage kids, which are ap opposite sex. I gained this voucher in July of 2020, and as of today, I have yet to find a place suitable for me and my children to call home. Because as I have found out, $1,580 
is very low for a two-bedroom apartment, which me and my family qualify for. 1580 is actually a one-bedroom amount in the New York City market rate. And my thing is, we also have COVID. Now, as far as that goes, inside of my hotel room, I can't even open up a window. So that right there is a very big restriction on how me and my family can be safe inside of a New York City shelter. But guess what safe really means for my family? Us having our More own home media. I can open up a window for us to get fresh air in and stale air out. And as I have found in my research, with a voucher of 2040, I can tell you we would have a home. But it's not just me. As the other young lady said, there are 80,000 of us that are in need of homes. And if the goal is for us to gain a home, then we should be given the correct tools to help us to gain a home. And right now, the only way I see for me and my family to get suitable housing is by passing intro 146. And once again, I thank you for listening. And my question to you, Commissioner Banks, is what is your feeling on intro 146? Thank you very much, Ms. Corthorne. I'm going to uh, assume that you'd like to have everybody speak and then I'll, I'll respond. Am I approaching me in the right way? I want to make sure that I hear from everybody and then I'll be happy to answer your question. Well, well, we, we have a long agenda uh Commissioner Banks, and this is the way we would like for it to go in order like this. So we would like to have you to speak okay. right now. Okay. I want to just make sure because I don't want to... No, we uh, understand. You, you, you can speak okay. now. Thank you. Uh, first of all, let me just say I appreciate uh, the opportunity to hear directly from people that are receiving services from us. Uh, I wanted to give you uh, a couple of uh, observations that I have, but I came into this call wanted to actually hear from people as opposed to telling you uh, here's where where we are. But I will say that I, I, I come into this issue from the following perspective. We have asked the state to increase the rate for state thefts, and then we would be able to increase the rate for city thefts. I understand that the intro requires us to increase the rate for city thefts despite the state keeping their rate low. We've asked the state to increase their rates because we're very concerned about all of the cost of the program being borne by New York City rather than shared with the state in the way that the two programs currently work. And I want to just give one example, I think, of successful advocacy that we have done with some of you, I, I know with Vocal in particular, on the 30% rent cap. Uh, we all joined together, and New York State had to uh, have a 30% rent cap for hospital residents, and that prevented a massive cost shift of what is partially a state responsibility and partially a city responsibility to New York City. And so I would urge you, as you're talking to me, to think of the following issue. There is a piece of legislation in Albany that would do exactly what you want done in the city, and would raise state theft, and therefore would result in us having 
uh, the ability to convey to the city staff without all the costs being borne from the city. That is housing stability support. And I will want to urge a very successful advocacy Thank you for that, Commissioner. And so right now we... the state to increase the state rental assistance levels, and we would follow behind that. If you want us to do the city legislation, I would urge... Amounts, because we ourselves ask the state to increase the state level in order to address the kind of issues the first two speakers raised. Yes, thank you for that, Commissioner. And so right now we're going to transition into our next part of our agenda, and that's with our brother Roberto. Um, hello, Mr. Banks. My name is Roberto Mangual. Uh, I am associated with the Homeless Can't Stay Home, and I am also a, a single men's um, shelter tenant. Now, I see that you brought up the matter of finances between city and state. Uh, but due to my knowledge and the numbers that I've had put together, the finance is already here in the city, as we can check. Everything that I'm bringing to your attention right now, as you can see, comes from the budget letter that I received directly from HRA when I walked in directly into an HRA office and asked for a public assistance letter. And these, are, and these numbers are based on that. As you can see, and we all know, HRA pays a monthly fee of $3,500 for a single man or female to lay or be housed in a, sh in a single shelter. The red line comes to show what HRA... <clears throat> I'd like to thank y'all once again for listening to more media. Happy New Year's for all. I hope you're practicing and you're safe six feet distancing. I hope the family and everybody is okay and staying warm this this New Year's night. Yeah. And so we are in our homes. Some of us are away visiting family, friends and relatives. You know, here in New York City it seems like Times Square. It's like the center attraction, you know, to bring in the New Year's. But um, police department in New York turned a lot of folks back. That's trying to, or was, perhaps maybe just thinking about maybe just sliding to the Times Square area and watching the ball drop. You know, that's wasn't going to happen. They will just basically turn your way and tell you to watch the ball drop from the safety of your home to try to stop the spreading of the virus. So for almost 120 years, you know, Times Square has always been the center of attention to bring in the New Year's, ladies and gentlemen. However, that's not the case this New Year's. Obviously, in case you haven't heard that we are in a world pandemic. So, 
cities and states is trying to curve and stop the spreading of the virus. And so, you know, this is a time to just get together with your family and just really entertain each other. Just kind of remind you of, <laughs> it's kind of funny though, but you know, the, the you know, I, I know I wasn't around though, but when I look at the, the TV and, and, and see how families was doing it back then, you know, people just gather around like some of you right now and just listen to the radio and just really got a chance to really understand what was happening around the country. And so in some cases we are, you know, we are back there again. We are, we are telling the stories and, and helping people to be able to think creatively than opposed from just, you know, sitting in front of the tube and, you know, getting it like that, you know. So no ball dropping in Times Square in New York City. There's no crowds and none of that is practically empty here in New York City. And so I want to know how you were spending in celebrating your New Year's. I want you to email me at morehomesteaders at gmail.com. Let me know. I want to know how you and your friends and, and family are staying safe through the course of this New Year's. What are some of your plans? Do you, you know, are you plan on doing some things different? Some people couldn't wait to the year to end, really, you know. And, you know, with us wearing these masks, it really overwhelmed a lot of people. You know, I know it, it got to me from time because I couldn't even breathe with the mask on. You know what I'm saying? I'm starting to, I'm thinking to myself, I'm having health problems just breathing with the mask on, you know? But I know this is required, but it's really causing, you know, some form of, you know, breathing properly. You know, you you you, you can't even breathe with the mask on. And so, hopefully, you know, if we keep looking up, you know, maybe this thing went in or it was, you know, for, you know, maybe it'll just take a, a, a turn and, and, um, just really slow up where we can all get together again and, and, and gather and, and really, you know, love on each other and whatnot, you know? So this is, this was really different for me. I know I can imagine how, you know, a lot of, social animals a lot of us are we like to be around crowds and people hanging out in the clubs and stuff like that you know but we gotta practice the safe distancing here you know these days and times and and hopefully you know you will be able to get together and you know and just see how you're gonna start this new year's off you know i want to know how you guys are gonna start your New Year's off. I want to know some of your plans. I want to know how you're going to leave 2020 in 2020. Okay? That's what I want to know. How are you going to do that? How are you going to... What are your plans as far as moving forward? Okay? 
you know. A lot of us is dealing with homelessness and job loss and, you know, the moratorium's ending and keeping people on on a in limbo, you know what I'm saying, you know. Me personally, I would say just get, you know, cancel rent and start over fresh. You know what I'm saying? Nobody didn't see this coming. Nobody couldn't prepare for it, you know. And I kind of feel like the people is being punished. All right? So you're listening to more media. For any comments and questions, you can definitely email me at morehomesteaders at gmail.com. If you like what you're hearing these days from more media, you know, I would love for you to donate so I can continue to bring this to your living rooms and in different places. I love for you to, you know, tune in. I love for you to, to uh, make me part of the family when it comes to your your listening entertainment. More media. Rather it's a, a dollar. or even 50 cents, you know, it's every much is appreciated, you know. I go where mainstream media don't go, you know, I go deep into the hoods. I go deep into the communities and places where mainstream media is scared to go, you know. More media is there, you know. I go and get the stories that people. You know, want to know about what's going on and across the country and in different places and in urban communities, you know. So you feel, you know, like you want to donate, help out, and, and continue to support more media podcasts. You know, everything is pretty much appreciated. Rather it's fifty cents, dollar, four dollars, ten dollars, you know, everything counts when you're trying to get news and, and, and news in the community that is a really these topics and issues that's really affecting people where we know that, you know, mainstream media is not gonna tell our stories. We have to get together with our folks, ourselves, and tell our stories ourselves. We have to talk about real issues that nobody is talking about. You know, we, it's all this talk about the pandemic, you know, and quarantine and all that sort of stuff. We still got, we, we still need to talk about AIDS and HIV out there, ladies and gentlemen. Come on now, come on now. Special, especially, especially in communities of color, Okay. All right. Since the pandemic, I guess AIDS are suspended, you know, and HIV is suspended. You know, there's no AIDS or HIV concerns anymore, you know, but it's still out there. Still got to use those condoms. Okay, you still got to be safe. All right. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm more media. Mark is more. And I'd like to thank you and yours for listening on this New Year's. I'd like to thank you who have been listening throughout the year. And hopefully you'll turn me on in the new year. As the new year progresses, I hope that I will continue to be 
part of your listening entertainment. Once again, um, more media. VHS with the assistance of intro 146, if it is if, if it is passed, still saving the city and the state half of the money that is being spent to keep someone in a shelter than in permanent housing. Now, last time and the, the last bit of information that we've been able to get our hands on, um, in 2019, there was about 16,098 single shelter um, residents in the system. Now, I ran those numbers through basic multiple uh, multiplication and the time barrier of about a year, Mr. Banks. And as, as you can see, it is just ridiculously, to me, astonishing that the city would spend $675 million to farm the homeless in congregate shelters and hotels and whatever need, whatever means that they use when they can easily be saving half of that money, whether it's for the city, um, whatever other programs that are needed for the city, and just spend $337 million, as you can see in this graph right in front of us, to keep someone permanently housed. Now, the question is, why is it that DHS and HRA rather spend these high numbers on keeping someone in a congregate shelter, in a congregate city, right? Is it farming for, 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 for profit or do we really want to do this and just cut this whole big budget in half with the assistance of state and the city and save us a whole lot of money that you guys can use in a different direction. Now, me, me being a shelter resident, you know, I've been stuck with my voucher for a, for a year and a half now, Mr. Banks. Um, they might say that the option is there. The option is not. I've tried over and over again. 20 apartment brokers, um, eight different housing specialists, and I've gotten no results. So... If you guys want to see a change, if cost is really a matter, then 146 is your answer. Now, you guys have a good day. Thank you for giving me the time of uh, letting me speak and speak my mind. And we'll move on to um, to the next speaker. Thank you. Thank you for that, Roberto. So, so can we please hear from Wynn right now? Wynn? Yes, hi. Yep, that's me. Hi. Um, hi. Hi, Commissioner. Hi, Mr. Gwater. Um, my name is Jessica Yeager, and I work at WIN. And, um, you know, we've been very concerned about this issue for a long time um, as we are running family shelters and working to get, um, you know, the families working on shelter and housing and um, experiencing over and over again uh, what the folks on the call here today have described. So, but the question, I, I wanted to follow up. We, I have a couple of questions for you about cost savings because it is our position and our based on our work on this, that there are, there are costs within the, within the city that could be used to fund this. But I also wanted to go back to the, um, the comments you made earlier, Commissioner Banks, about the link between FEPS and city FEPS. Because this is something that we've heard repeatedly as we've been working on this. And, I, you know, it, it's not clear to me how the programs are linked in the way that you suggest that um, the city isn't able to increase city FAPS without first increasing FAPS. So could you just explain a little bit more about that link? 
Sure, and if I could just say the, the presentation on the different costs right before you spoke, I thought was very helpful. Um, it actually is a, a, the kind of argument that was just made, I thought it was very helpful, because we make that same argument in the state legislature that there would be state cost savings if we did that. So let me try to come back to you directly on your question, uh, Jessica. Uh, the issue here is if the state theft voucher, let's just take numbers. If the state theft voucher was $1,500 and the city theft voucher was $2,000, I'll ask the question back to you. If you were the landlord, would you take the $2,000 or the $1,500? I know, I think we all know what the answer is. The landlord will take the 2000 number. That would mean that all the people who currently are getting state steps for whom we get state reimbursement would now be moved into the city steps program and all those dollars would be lost. This is exactly the same argument that Housing Works and we and Vocal, frankly, and other groups made about the state 30% uh, uh, rent cap for hospitals, which is the city took it on itself. All the costs would shift to the city and there'd be no state contribution. So again, I'm, I'm not arguing with you about what you're saying about different rent values and the challenges of different rent values. You know that we have data showing people are using the voucher, but we wouldn't be sitting uh, in Albany trying to push an increase if we didn't agree that an increase is something worth pushing for. We're just saying, look, we're in the middle of the legislation session, just started. Uh, there's a lot of focus on rent in Albany right now. There's a lot of focus about exactly the chart that I was just shown about the cost of shelter versus the cost of keeping people in their homes or having them out of shelter. And I would just caution us about moving a bill in the council that's gonna cause the state to essentially not have a state theft program anymore because all the landlords would only wanna be in city thefts, which is a massive cost shift to the city of New York. And we all resisted that when the 30% rent came, cap came up. And we worked together and we won that at the state level. There's a tremendous amount of energy on this call and there's a tremendous amount of energy over the last few months in this campaign that you've been running. I would just urge us all to work together in Albany and then revisit it if we fail. Um, I just have a couple of follow-up questions to that. And when, you know, we, and I think other people on this call, not to speak for them, but I mean, we are happy, we are working in Albany and definitely think it would be great if HSS passed. I mean, our concern is we've been all saying that for years now and HSS hasn't passed. And I think the emergency in New York City continues and that's why, you know, we're also here pushing for this. But I, I, un I understand your position on that. I just I just have a sort of technical question about the theft-city thefts relationship because, you know, looking at the city thefts rules, it says explicitly that you're not eligible for city thefts if you are eligible. More media. I understand there's a, pr a practical, a separate practical consideration. It sounds like you're saying sort of two things that there would actually be a literal cost shift and also a separate problem that landlords might stop taking thefts, but just dealing with the cost shift. It seems like the city has a way to stop that cost shift by enforcing that rule. Are we, am I misunderstanding how that rule operates in practice? Or? Yes, but I appreciate your question. City thefts was created because the state rental assistance program was too limited. And so we wanted to create a program that was broader than the state's program and that would work together with it. But the housing stability support legislation eliminates the inadequacy of the state program. It actually improves on state thefts and takes a lot of the things that we did in city thefts in terms of categorical eligibility and wraps it into a state program. 
the issue about the amount, though, is really at the core of this. The reason why the city rule says if you could get state FEPs, you don't get city FEPs, is to avoid that kind of cost shift. But I appreciate Wynn's effort. I just got a letter. I think you're on it, uh, urging the state commissioner to increase the, the rate for state FEPs. Uh, and then asking us to do the same for city FEPs. And I've said this in many different contexts, that the state would raise state FEPs, we would raise city FEPs. But I think a better route to go is housing stability uh, HSS. Uh, I think a difference between this year and prior years is a supermajority in the Senate now there wasn't before. And so there's the ability of the legislature to do what they did on eviction prevention, eviction moratorium. The, the executive didn't want as broad a, a, a legislation. Many of you on this on this call pushed for it, and the legislature enacted something that was broader than what the executive wanted. And the same can happen here if we all push again the same as we did uh, on the um, the 30% rent cap, which for many years, by the way, was also failed. And then finally, all of us came and pushed together, and it happened. Thank you for that, Commissioner. Appreciate it. So, can we move the agenda on to our uh, brother Peter Melvin there? Peter, are you on? Just really quick, okay, one minute, one minute, Peter. Go ahead, Joe. One quick thing on the state level stuff. I mean, I think like we are fighting for a lot of legislation on the state level this year, and I, you know, obviously appreciate that we. I thought before to win historic legislation like thirty percent right now. The availability of a broader state voucher. Is More media. A local social services district, so the clients like the people on this call can have more direct access. But having again on behalf of our agency has been saying what Aaron has been saying. We're going to be guided by the science. We have resisted a lot of calls to simply return to congregate shelter. And in fact, uh, I believe that given the current state of the virus, uh, that the legislation uh, last us well beyond the pandemic. Peter, sorry. Uh, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm just. I just want to jump in and just build off of Joe's point. Hi, this is Annie from Neighbors Together. Um, you, you know, I think that we really understand um, that we aren't in an emergency, and yes, we are going to have a state budget season where we have a better chance of passing some sort of rental assistance at the state. But we know that any of those efforts are not going to be up and running at their full capacity at any point. Like we know that HSS, they were fighting to. You know, last year in our budget fight, we were looking to increase it by like, uh, you know, to have enough money for like to meet a fraction of the need. And we know that with intro 146, people have these vouchers in hand right now. And it's going to make a meaningful difference between now and the time that people are going to be moving back into congregate shelter, where HSS or HAVP, even if we fight as hard as we do and get it passed and funded in some capacity, is not going to be at its full um, is full capacity for years. And so I do just want to say that point before we pass it on to Peter. Here's a point. I, just don't, I don't agree with you, but that's okay. We can keep keep talking that point. I, I hear where you're coming from. I, I believe we could make this change uh, right away if we got the right uh, support in Albany. But I, I take the point in terms of the urgency. So can, can we move? Okay. Yes, Peter, take it away. Okay, um, I'm going to add lib at this point. Um, Commissioner, you've invested more than 40 years on issues of sh making sure that there was shelter and housing. And we applaud your efforts. 
but we also realized that at one point you actually stated in a panel that you wished that you had gone for permanent housing as opposed to shelter. And the building of um, over 60,000 beds um, and the flourishing of homelessness in our city um, has proven you right. And from our point of view, um, passing 140, intro 146 would be a major start in an emergency because emergencies um, put forward opportunity as well as crisis. And in this crisis, we feel that pushing 146 um, would be more media. Um, both in ending a crisis and ending the crisis of having a giant system that doesn't function, it actually takes people backwards um, and cripples people. Mm. And we're hoping to work with you both on 146. And if you are willing to work with us in the state on having a voucher, an access voucher, um, we have the efforts and we're willing to work with you. Um, but we've come to the conclusion that passing 146 in this emergency, it's an opportunity to save lives um, and to cut costs. So um, support and we're definitely on the table um, if you support in working in the state to pass the housing access voucher. And that's all I have to say. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter, for that. And so, did I miss anybody? I I, yes, I yes. I would like to ask one. Yes, go ahead. Great, thank you. Um, going back to the question about costs and savings, which I know is a little different than uh, what, what you were talking about, Commissioner Banks, but related to Roberto's presentation, you know, one of the things we've heard, I mean, we've done a pretty in involved modeling of costs and savings of what we think this would result in for the family shelter system. And, um, you know, we've heard from, you know, various sources that the city doesn't agree that there could be cost savings. And I mean, I don't know if that's true. This is the first time we're talking, so I don't know what your position is on this. But I wanted to ask you, if you, you know, as we, as we thought it out, we think that there could be two sources of cost savings from this. We think giving increasing the value of the voucher will help people move out faster, a little bit faster. We also think it will mean more people are able to leave shelter with a subsidy versus without a subsidy, which would reduce the uh, return to shelter rate, you know, and that, that those two things, you know, over time would be bringing immediately and then cumulatively over time would be bringing down the census. And that would get help us get out of hotels more quickly. It would help us shut down shelters more quickly. Um, you know, so it seems to us that there, there definitely are savings here that could go towards funding this. Um, is that analysis correct? What, what is your position on that? You've heard me the group a number of times, and I know sometimes people ascribe to me the ability to, uh, uh, you know, make 